Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khani Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Welcome back to the Schools of Excellence podcast. Today, we are talking about decoding your culture part four. So this is the fourth episode in our series on decoding your company and school culture. So today, we're going to be talking about the differences between feedback and feed forward. We're going to be talking about how often you should be asking for feedback and how to discern and receive feedback from your team and who to be getting feedback from. The reason we're talking about feedback specifically in decoding your culture is because in understanding how to build cultures of excellence and how to design, build, create, sustain your culture, feedback is going to be a big part of it. And here's why. When we're trying to understand managing emotions, taking care of our people, leveling up goals designed to culture, you're going to need to get feedback from the team. You're going to need to get their honest feedback on what's working, what's not working, all the things associated with that. So I want to explain the difference between feedback and feed forward. Okay. Feed forward or future oriented thinking is the kind of environment for growth, right? Having these kinds of conversations with your team, your leadership team that you can keep on having helps the team stay in this forward thinking motion. So feedback is something which many of us are familiar about, right? It's commentary from someone else on an action, on an event or a behavior that happened in the past with an intention of guiding the person to improve in the future. But when you give someone feedback, you're very focused on what happened already. Feed forward is a new terminology for many of you. And I first heard about feed forward from Marshall Goldsmith, who is a leadership thinker, a coach, one of America's number one leadership consultants. He's written multiple books like Talk Triggers, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And he's got some amazing books and and TED Talks and just great content. And on a recent podcast interview, he was talking about feed forward. And feed forward is about focusing the discussion on 
is rather than focusing the discussion on mistakes or areas of weaknesses that have already happened, feed forward is about providing information for improvement while the action event or behavior is ongoing. Feed forward has a much more future focused orientation. So the person of the feed forward advice feels empowered to leverage their insights about themselves for better performance in the future. They're not getting stuck on what I did and self blame and shame and guilt and everything associated with that. So let's talk about a couple of examples and perspectives on what makes feed forward different than feedback. It's not that you should only do feed forward and never feedback. No, this is about understanding the difference between the two of them and when each of them are most valuable when you're trying to build your culture. So feed forward is this future forward orientation. It gives insight on how a situation can be improved in the future, right? With feedback approaches, A lot of times leaders run the risk of nitpicking small errors and creating heavy and negative environments in the long term, right? We start giving feedback on, you know, and this could have been done better and this mistake and this thing was different and this thing was different. Feed forward is knowledge of the past mistakes is only leveraged so specific steps can be planned out to help the individual reach their target in the future. So it's very future focused. It's very much like here is where there's opportunity for you to grow, not because of any past mistakes or whatever it is, but more of this is your next stretch goal, right? This is your next future feed forward opportunity. The other piece about feed forward that's really powerful is it's non-judgmental. Since the feed forward approach has the purpose of improving the future, it's focused on helping the team member strive for better and higher goals, right? So the teacher or the member of the leadership team are encouraged to open up and be honest because they're not worried about being shamed or blamed. Nothing happened yet, right? It's feed forward. So they're able to be more honest and authentic about these are the challenges, these are the opportunities, right? The team member is much more willing to admit areas of weakness to receive helpful advice for future development. So this is way less judgmental and less scary for teachers and members of the leadership team because we are much more focused on here is your opportunity for improvement. Here's the opportunity that I have available for you in the future. The third component is it reinforces positive interpersonal relationships between employees. So feed forward is very growth oriented, right? It's about giving support to the teacher. It's about implementing this type of approach more frequently means employees become engaged and aware of what the team is working on, right? And what happens is you move to being a team that focuses on people's weaknesses to being a team that focuses on people's strengths and improving and building this awareness is a massive step towards a highly connected and engaged power team. Because now the team is very focused on people's strengths and we're to consistently move forward with those strengths. It's very different than creating a culture that is very focused on negative behaviors and what people aren't doing well. Here we're focused on, here's where you're amazing, right? We're leveraging people's strengths. So this is a very different approach to performance reviews or assessments or diagnostics or all of these things are the classic, you know, twice a year performance reviews or whatever it is. This requires a very different approach and it's, it cannot be templatized, right? It's much more customized to where is this particular person holding in this particular season of life? And I talk about this very, very often when it comes to performance reviews and assessments. And in our director's inner circle, we have an assessment called the six performance keys. And those are the six core areas that teachers need to consistently be improving in, in order to build their school of excellence. 
in order to improve their school of excellence. And so we believe very strongly in performance assessments, but it's important to remember that the assessment can't just be something that's in the back. It has to be something that moves them forward to the future. So like I was saying in the director's inner circle, the six performance keys are classroom management, children, standards, team communication, personal, and parents. Those are the six core areas that we assess a teacher's performance. Where is she doing and where, or he's doing, and where is the feed forward opportunity for growth and development in this particular skill? So this is one of our trademarks in the Schools of Excellence membership where we support our directors in helping them assess where the teacher's feed forward opportunities are for future growth, right? And then in our Owner's HQ program, we have something similar, which is called the Four Forces Diagnostic. And that assesses the parents, the teachers, the executive functioning, the executive management, and the personal components of the director, right? So assessing where are they holding with executive management, where are they holding with their own personal leadership, where are they holding in relationship with teachers, where are they holding in relationship with parents. And then this creates opportunity for feed forward. Where are we showing this person the next level of growth and development that is a available to them. So these are really two core assessments that we created inside of the two different memberships to guide our members and the school leaders that we work with and helping them understand how to create a baseline, but then also how to customize that to feed forward moving into the future with their team members. If you're interested in having access to these assessments, and definitely click the link in the show notes to learn more about the Directors Inner Circle and our Owners HQ program, where we help owners and directors build and sustain schools of excellence. So that's the third thing, right? It reinforces positive interpersonal relationships between employees. The other thing that it does is it helps you break through barriers and make progress at a faster pace. So Consistently asking team members for feed forward is aligned with the characteristics of having a growth mindset. So if you have a value in your company around growth or innovation or a growth mindset or futuristic thinking, right, whatever it is, creating feed forward is such an alignment with what your values are, right? This is a big conversation I'm having right now with all of our owners in our HQ program and then also our CEO legacy group, where we're talking a lot about how are the values guiding decision making? How are the values guiding the routines and practices and rituals, right? Doing feedback and performance reviews or feed forward is a ritual. It is part of embedded into your company organization. Why do you do it? Is it aligned with company values? Well, if you have growth as a value, it is 100% aligned with it, right? And you may have other values like trust or fun or family or accountability or service or whatever it is, right? What rituals and routines, right? Feedback, performance, meetings, all of these things are part of culture. Everything is culture, right? I've said this so many times. The school culture is an effect of the leader's daily behaviors, actions, and routines. It's not a, oh, now we're going to go create culture. It's an effect of what's going on already until you intentionally design it, right? It's either created by default or by intentional design. If you want to create it by intentional design, you need to start with the values map. What are the values and how does that guide our routines and rituals and where we're going to be spending our time, right? Now, when you hear me say this, you're like, oh, of course, that makes so much sense. How do I actually do that, right? How do I actually take my values and say, these values will now guide this type of meeting and these decision making, and this is how we're going to do performance reviews because this is our value. And this is how we're going to do our holiday parties. This is how we're going to do our fall festival. This is how we're going to do 
do our Mother's Day event, our Father's Day event, our summer events, our graduation. Every single thing is values, right? And it helps you elevate your team, right? How do you know which skill to work on next with your leadership team? How do you know what their next step in the journey should be? Values, right? All goes back to values. This is why at the Summit of Excellence, this coming year, February 28th, March 1st and 2nd, 2023. This is why we're focused on that at the event, because this is what people need support in right now. This is where they need help. They need the roadmap and the guidance for how to take values and bring it into the practical application of the day-to-day. What is the day-to-day? Giving feedback to people, right? I hear people say all the time, I want to get out of the day-to-day. What does it mean you want to get out of the day-to-day? Right. Well, part of the day to day is sitting down and having conversations with teachers or the leadership team about performance, about their next elevation, about their next progress. The other thing that feed forward really helps you do is it helps you discover leaders within your team. Leaders need to have fine-tuned critical thinking and reflection skills. Someone on your team is constantly reflecting, analyzing, strategizing based on their findings, right? Now you're massively evolving your team. A good leader seeks improvement and growth in their team. So make note of who makes an active effort to provide positive feed-forward assessments to their fellow colleagues, right? Feed-forward is not just from the director to the teacher. This is the beauty of feed forward, right? This is the beauty of feed forward. It empowers the team because a teacher could tell another teacher feed forward information, right? It's not like, hey, let me give you some feedback. Your circle time sucked. You need to do X, Y, and Z. No, that's not the teacher's place to tell them that, right? But there's feed forward opportunities. For example, this is a really great book that I took out of the library, and I think your kids would really enjoy it because I know that you're doing a unit on winter right now. That's feed forward. That's giving them information on here's a great strategy of what to do inside of your classroom, right? A lot of you guys are doing that right now, but I want you to understand what you're actually doing. When teachers are empowered to feed forward information to each other, everyone gets better. Right. Because then you're not afraid to tell someone, hey, I found this really cool app. It's been helping me do X, Y and Z. Right. People don't feel threatened by it. Like, why is she telling me that app? Does she think I'm not good at X, Y and Z? Right. That is the victim. Drama, 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 drama. And if you did not listen to my two part series on drama, go listen to it. Right. That was the previous two episodes on the characteristics of drama and then drama free leadership. Right. Feed forward. There is no place for drama in a feed forward culture, in a culture where people are constantly developing and looking at the future. People that are looking at the future don't gossip. They don't criticize. They don't complain. They don't play the victim. They don't manipulate. They don't do any of that because they're focused on the future. Right. This is a totally different culture. It's not a culture of gossip and drama. It's a culture of futuristic thinking. So. I want to talk a little bit about, I want to share with you a story and explain, kind of walk you through how feed forward really looks like in the context of a conversation. So Liana was working with her new curriculum specialist. She was an owner that I was working with and her curriculum specialist was super talented. She used to be a teacher inside of their school. And as the school started to expand, they opened up a second location. Um, They hired more people on the admin team and, and Liana realized, hey, you know, I really need someone dedicated specifically to curriculum. Why? Liana actually runs a Reggio inspired school. And so she wanted someone who was very focused on the development of the curriculum, both with a play based approach, with it bringing in more nature 
and connecting with families. Another great type of learning environment that does really well with curriculum specialists is a Montessori-type school or Waldorf school or really any type of school as you start to expand, having a curriculum specialist is specifically focused on curriculum is powerful because again, it pulls you out of the day-to-day. So anyways, Liliana's super excited. She hires this curriculum specialist. She promotes, excuse me, this teacher to curriculum specialist. And she starts to observe her behavior in these curriculum meetings. The reason she's observing her curriculum specialist in these meetings is because she's following the Schools of Excellence framework around generosity. When you promote someone from within to a new level, you need to provide generous coaching, training, and support. They're in a new role, which essentially means you have a new hire. So just because they've been in your company for a year, it doesn't matter. They still need coaching and training. And I call it generosity because you need to be generous with your time and your experience and your expertise as you elevate this person. Generosity versus neglect, which I find a lot of owners do, and they don't realize that they're practicing neglect. The person comes to tone like, great, hit the ground running. I trust you. No, you don't trust her. You are too bothered or busy with other things that you can't coach and train her. So you say, I trust you. Nada, you can't be bothered to coach and train her. So come with a mindset of generosity, generously coach and train an elevator. So anyways, Liana is observing as curriculum specialist, and she's noticing that when she is coaching the toddler room, she is hypercritical of their curriculum, what they're doing, what they're not doing. And she had a very different approach when she was coaching other age groups. So the threes room, the fours room, the school age children. And Liliana was telling me this on a coaching call. So I said, okay, well, let me ask you a question. I said, what age group did this curriculum specialist teach before becoming the specialist, right? Remember, I say this on possibly almost every podcast. I do not give people ideas and advice right away. I ask questions. Why? Because ideas and advice is the lowest form of coaching. The highest form of coaching and advice is questions. Ask people questions. Invite people to think. People need to be reminded to use their brain. Okay. So I asked her the question, what age group did this curriculum specialist teach before becoming a specialist? So she said, toddlers. I said, great. So she has this unique area of experience when it comes to toddlers, which means she is hyper aware and sensitive to what is going on in the toddler classrooms because she knows better, right? Because she's taught the toddler classrooms. Teaching the toddler classrooms is what told you she's ready for a promotion. So it totally makes sense that she's more hypercritical and aware of the toddler classroom. She taught that that age group for many, many years, right? So even though she has an awareness of developmentally appropriate practice when it comes to the threes and the fours and the school age children, it doesn't matter. She's going to be super hyper focused on the toddlers because that is actually where she shines. So I sat down with Liliana on the next coaching call and I said, listen, we need to provide opportunity for this curriculum specialist from a feed forward coaching opportunity. And here's why. Coming with feedback on you're being really critical with the toddlers, you know, be nicer to them or maybe tone down some of the feedback that you're giving, you know, level out the playing field or whatever kind of feedback is given. Feed forward has a very different approach. I want to walk you through the conversation I had with her. I said. Listen, you sit down with her. Her name is Jay. And you say, 
you start off with what do you feel is working really well with curriculum leadership in the toddler classroom? Most owners ask very open-ended, very low-level questions. So how's it going? That is a low-level question. As an owner and as a director, you want to ask high-level questions. High-level questions are specific, focused, and they're able to help the person pause and say, huh, one second, let me think for a second, okay? Now, that doesn't mean you never have low-level questions inside of your dialogue or inside of your feedback sessions. Of course you do. But if every question the person's able to respond in a second, you're not asking higher-level questions. So that's a barometer for you to recognize. One second. When I ask questions, do people instantly answer or do people pause for a second and say, huh, one second, right? That happens a lot on our coaching calls. Uh, when I'm coaching clients, when I'm doing leadership calls, when I'm doing in-person events and training for directors or for leadership teams, this happens a lot, right? Because we're asking a more thoughtful question. So I told her, I said, listen, ask her, you know, how do you feel? What do you feel is working with curriculum leadership in the twos? And so she'll say, then you go, okay. And what is working with the leadership team with the threes and the fours? And you want her to give you specific examples in each one, which means if she duplicates from the previous one, say, I, you know, I've heard you say that. That's great. What is something unique that is working well with the threes? Why are you asking her that question? You want to help her start building awareness that every age group is really different. Okay, great. She answers that. What is not working in the curriculum leadership with the twos? What is not working? What is missing? What is confusing? What do you think is confusing to the toddler teachers? What do you think is confusing for you? What do you think is confusing for the threes teachers? What do you think is confusing for you? Where is there room for you to show up better and support the team? It's a great question, right? And I know a lot of you are pausing to write this down. Here's the caveat with this question. You need to define what support means. You need to define what that word means, right? I talk about this extensively in our owners HQ and our directors in our circle program on understanding the definition of words, right? David Marquet wrote a phenomenal book called Leadership is Language. And we need to understand the vernacular, the actual words that we use to describe certain things because everyone has a different definition of that. So when you say, where's the room to show up and better support the team? 99% of the time, the person's going to tell you, yeah, I could, I could give them more ideas. I could give them more, more tips, more hacks, more tricks, more strategies, right? Because that is their definition of support. Support at a higher level. Again, you're doing high level coaching, right? High level coaching. Support means helping the person find their inner strength that they already have. How do you help the teacher find the answers that already live inside of her? So I told Liliana, I said, when you ask Jay this question, you need to define your definition of support to her. So now she needs to sit in that, right? So we prepared for this conversation. She wrote notes. She took the recording. She wrote more notes. And she had this conversation with Jay, right? This is just a little glimpse of how I coach owners and directors on coaching calls and other connection points, right? Because now Liliana has a framework 
not more tips and tricks. She doesn't need more tips and tricks. She could go to Google and find it for free. People do not need more tips and tricks. People want frameworks, better questions. They want you to support and guide them how they could think of this on their own, right? How they could do this by themselves. That is support. So how often should you be asking for feed forward, right? How do you really approach kind of this whole situation? Well, the first thing is, is creating a regular cadence. So whether that's every month, depending on the type of feedback or every 90 days, I typically recommend the six performance keys, which is our diagnostic for teachers to be run every 90 days. The teacher fills it out. You fill it out. You check each other's scores, see where there's matching or where there's huge discrepancies. And that's where there's opportunity for feed forward, right? So really understanding some core disciplines when you're conducting feed forward. And I'm just going to share a couple. Number one, listen. Shocking, right? The advice you receive from feed forward is powerful. Listen, just listen, right? This is for you when you're giving feed forward and for you when you're listening to feed forward. Show gratitude, display thanks to the team member who is taking the steps to receive your advice, right? It's so simple. Just say, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for allowing me to share that with you. Reverse roles. As you work with your team or your partner, you may want to take turns providing them insight too, right? Developing together provides you both with more opportunities for reflection and brainstorming on your roadmap to success. So these are just some disciplines to think about when you're conducting these feed forwards. Listen, show gratitude, reverse roles, right? Take time to reverse the roles, role play through things. We do this a lot at the summit. We do a lot of role playing from the room in the pods and the breakout rooms from the stage, really giving people a chance to role play through all of this. Lastly, today, I want to talk about how to discern and receive feedback or the feed forward, who you should be getting it from, okay? As an owner, you should be asking for feedback and feed forward from your key leadership team. In my CEO Legacy Group, I call it your lifers. Your lifers are your people who are your ride or dies, and they're there with you to continue to grow the company, right? So you want typically five lifers. You have your operations lifer, your marketing, your sales, your delivery, and your product. And these are your lifers. These are your people who consistently elevate the company in this particular area. For those of you that have been part of Schools of Excellence or um, have been to our events, Michalina, who's our VP of Operations right now, also works inside of our product and our membership. She is one of my core lifers inside of Schools of Excellence. And we're continuing to develop more of our lifers inside of our company. So when you ask for feedback, ask them from your lifers those who you want to keep in your business long term, right? One of my lifers on our, one of the other lifers on our team is my head of marketing, who's our fractional CMO. She's a huge lifer on our team because 
not just do I want to make sure that we could keep her in the business long term, but her feedback and her advice and her feed forward that she provides to me in very short bursts, right? Sometimes it's like a two minute Voxer message or a quick Slack message, or it's on a phone call, like we're working through a kickoff call. These feedback and feed forwards elevate the company. I have changed course on a lot of key things from getting feedback from my from my head of marketing and also from Michalino, who's our on the client side, which many of you are familiar with and have, have seen her, is these feedback and feed forward is what helps me see my blind spots, right? That is the power of the feedback. So going back to my original thing here, how do you discern and receive feedback from, you know, who you're taking feedback from? Take them from your lifers, right? Take them from the people you're like, I want you to be here long-term. I respect and appreciate your feedback and advice. I trust your discernment. So powerful, right? Don't ask for advice from the new teacher who just started working three months ago while you were out on maternity leave and she only saw you come back and you were there for six weeks when you were severely sleep deprived. Speak to people who know all the sides of you. You can't ask for advice from people who only have seen the ugly side of you. (laughs) You're more than that, right? You're way more worthy than that. Ask for advice from people who know the beautiful sides of you. This episode is starting to get long um, and I had a lot of things here that I wanted to share with you guys. So I'm going to wrap up with this final piece here on feedback and feed forward. And if you like this episode and you want me to go more in depth on these concepts of feedback, of feed forward, of discerning who to take feedback from, how to ways to become more receptive to feedback, ways how to coach your team to be more receptive to feedback, please ping us on social media, tag us and let us know. And you can also email our support team, support at khani.me and just share what type of content you're looking for when it comes to this. We always love to hear from our listeners. So I'm going to end up with the last piece on emotional management, managing your emotions when you're getting feedback. So Our brains have a natural tendency to go into fight or flight mode when we feel like we're being threatened, which is why I talk so much about feed forward, because it's much less threatening because it's future focused. And so what happens is when we go on the fight, flight or freeze, the increased amounts of hormones being released into the bloodstream causes you to have a heightened emotional state. Okay, this is why feedback and giving critique, why you have to be so cautious, because it instantly puts people into the fight, flight or freeze. And so their emotional state instantly changes. Okay, receiving feedback can also threaten your natural desire for belonging. Okay, your natural desire for belonging and survival. So when you are fearful of being cast out or now I'm no longer going to be part of the tribe, you're going to start to fight flight for your survival. So I'm sharing those things here because when you can be cognizant that the feedback or the feed forward information that you give your leadership team is coming from a place of elevation of growth. And you're not giving them feedback because you're pissed or you're upset, or you just want this to change because it's annoying for you. It's a totally different way of approaching the situation. I'll give you a story here. And I I know this episode is again, going a little bit longer, but Stay with me here because there's there's some good stuff here as I wrap up. 
one of the things I was noticing when it came to culture, um, specifically when it comes to feedback, is a lot of times owners will give feedback to the people that are the loudest, meaning if you have teachers that are arguing with each other or blaming one another or, or very just loudly toxic, those are typically the people that you're going to go after, right? And the reason why is because they make noise, right? And it's annoying for you and you want it to stop. So you go over there and you give feedback and tell them to stop, right? Very similar to a parent who's hearing their kids fight. They want the fighting to stop, right? So how do I stop the fighting? The thing to recognize, though, is that there are a lot of people who don't fight, not because they're drama free, not because they have nothing to fight about, but because they are massively conflict avoidant. So they just run away from all conflict. And those people also need feedback. Those people also need feed forward. They need opportunities to learn how to engage in healthy conflict and how to use self-agency and advocacy to speak up for themselves or to have those conversations. So the reason I'm sharing this is because I know that you you have worked through this entire series. And I know you guys are taking a lot of notes and thinking through things. And maybe you're going to go back and re-listen to some of these episodes. But what happens so much of the time is we go to the people that are the loudest. We go to the people that are the most annoying to us right now in our emotional state of being. And I want to invite you to think a little bit higher or think through a different perspective and say, not who is the most annoying or the loudest right now, but who are the teachers that I really could provide these incredible opportunities of feed forward that can really blossom or really grow, or this is a really stretch goal for them, but it's an incredible opportunity for growth and development. Don't just think about the loud people who keep you up at night. Yes, I want you to sleep, but also think about the people who are conflict avoidant, who are quiet, not because they're actually like being quiet. They're quiet because they're terrified of the conflict. They're terrified of the chaos. They're terrified of the altercation that happens. So I'll leave you with that. I want to thank you for listening and participating in this entire series on decoding your school culture. I've had so much fun preparing for it, recording for it. And I want to actually do a shout out because my podcast producer, Robin, is she's been phenomenal in really just helping me prepare better for these podcasts. And as we enter 2023, we've really been working on optimizing our podcast workflow, our system, our production process. And Robin's been instrumental in helping me research certain areas, certain topics that I want to talk about and really preparing the notes for me so that I can record better and just all around just making the production process so much easier. So big shout out to Robin, so much gratitude uh, for everything that you've been doing to help us get the show off the ground. Big shout out to our copywriting team, North Star Messaging. They're a huge part of our production process as well. So huge thank you to them for everything that they do behind the scenes to get this podcast up and running. Big thank you to our fractional CMO, Lauren who's a huge part in all the strategy that goes into the content that we create over here. And to Michalina, who's our VP of operations, who sees all the itty bitty details in the execution as well. And Sarah, who's in our client side, who really helps all of our clients, our delivery, everyone that's involved over there as well on the client side and running that side of the business. So the reason I share that here is because sometimes we we listen to the show, we're going into 2023, we're starting a new year, we've got some amazing episodes lined up, some really great content. And I want you to know just 
how much really goes into producing this show, how much joy it brings to me to come to the mic every single week to you, but all of the amazing lifers and team members and schools of excellence who support putting out this amazing work for you. So big shout out to them. Thank you so much. Wishing you all an amazing week and we'll see you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.